This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? It's the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell, also of Dogs 24-7. Listen, these guys already kind of, uh, well, Rusty did, uh, kind of broke down the win over UAB. Uh, Kip was actually covering for me. I was the one that needed the slack picked up. I went to a wedding out in Napa. It was kind of weird being out there where Brock Bowers grew up as Brock Bowers annihilated uh, UAB. Uh, but that was a cool little experience. Uh, but listen, we got a little bit more to talk about for UAB. We got to talk about Kirby Smart's comments from today's press conference where he talked about JT Daniels, talked about Tyke Smith, talked about Darnell Washington. Get into that a little bit and then maybe to kind of look ahead just a little towards South Carolina and maybe, you know, kind of connect some dots here as far as injuries in South Carolina. But Rusty, You've had a chance now. You didn't after the game the other night when when you went on live and and you know I don't know what your situation was. I knew I was not able to come on 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 here. You, uh, you were live, but you just weren't yeah. able to be on here live. Yes. Yeah. I, I was not able to be on there live. Uh, even if I even if the technology would have allowed, I don't know if I would have been able to act correctly. Uh, but you were. What have you What have you gleaned since watching that game again, or looking at some more highlights and getting more information? I think uh, for Georgia fans, I think it's the fact that, you know, the, the the old saying we deal with a lot, Georgia plays down to their competition. And I think that Georgia dominated this game from the start. Uh, they got some tremendous offensive momentum early with the, the touchdown pass, Jermaine Burton, the big play by Brock Bowers and Jacob. I don't know how much you've watched of that, but, man, you see a freshman do what he did and the guys had angles on him. And it just shows you really that guy's, you know, I would like to see a GPS on that because he took off and was gone. And, uh, you know, I think you saw the momentum of the offense really feed the defense and, and UAB was just, was just outmatched. I'll, I'll say this on for the people listening to this. If you're not a member uh, of the uh, dogs, two, four, seven site and familiar with our junkyard message board, there is a post from one of our posters um, who has a family member, I believe it's a family member that plays for UAB. And it was a great post, a, a detailed talking about what that person experienced during the game, what he saw, uh, what they thought they could do on tape. So kind of a shout out to our guy there. I forget his name on, on the on the board. It had a great post. Um, but that's come with kind of some of the insight that I thought was really, really good. Talked about how fast Georgia was. But listen, you know, game two, complete complete domination from Georgia going back and watching it. Everybody's going to talk about that play. Jordan Davis. I don't know if you've seen this yet, Jake, but this is outstanding. Um, you know, Jordan Davis gets double team quarterback breaks the pocket, uh, breaks contained, gets out scrambling to the right. And this joker, all three sixty of him, uh, runs him down and tackles him inside. You know, it's funny because you look at that play, he got a first down, and the Georgia sideline is going absolutely. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a sack. They they celebrated it like a sack. 
I mean, they're going – coaches are going nuts. Players are going nuts. Let me tell you, you're talking about contagious when you have a player like that playing his ass off as big as he is. Man, that really sets a spark in that locker room. And it, it was a dominating performance because I'm telling you right now, that UAB team is not bad, and they're going to win a lot of games this year. Kip, uh, what did you kind of glean from it? You got to watch it in person from from a probably the best press box I think you'll ever cover a game for in terms of how close you are to the field, where you're located. Uh, where what did you see in real time, and then what did you kind of pick up on after uh, you know kind of maybe watching some more highlights and some more coverage? Well, you guys mentioned that Jordan Davis play. I mean, I was looking all over the place trying to find out why everybody was screaming at the top of their lungs because all I saw was they they broke contain. And, I mean, the guy got 90 yards on the play. But, I mean, obviously watching Jordan chase him down, I mean, that's just impressive. He's, you know, the effort level for him, you know, you really, really have to be impressed with with a guy that's willing just to – to commit to chasing that guy down, you know, and trying to get the angle and, and just how he was able to bring him down. But I, I think it's interesting because we talked about some similarities with UAB's defense with Clemson and what Georgia kind of showed in that, in that first game. And Kirby smart talked about, you know, explosive plays, how they needed explosive plays, but it, I get, it looks like UAB didn't believe what he was saying. I mean, that's that's what I took, is that UAB thought that Georgia was going to come out and try to do the same thing, just try to, to run the football. And like Kirby Smart said, he talked about how expensive that was for them. But th- that's what kind of caught me off guard, that the UAB said, you know what, you know, we don't believe you, Kirby Smart. We don't think that's what you're going to try to do. <laughs> we saw week one that you didn't try to – you know, the ball wasn't really pushed downfield, so – you know, we're going to commit to that run game. And Todd Munkin made them pay early and often. I mean, I was really impressed with how well Stetson Bennett, how quickly he saw coverage was busted time and time again and got that ball out because you wait a second or two later and the safety's able to recover and get over there. And, you know, these aren't, you know, 60, 70, 80-yard uh, touchdown plays. So, and that, that kind of caught my eye, just how many plays Georgia had over 60 yards, regardless of, you know, what you – you know, seeing Stetson Bennett out there change at quarterback and seeing a different kind of opponent UAB. Now South Carolina and every other team down the road, I mean, now there's two very different types of film that they're going to have to go, you know, go back and look at because, I mean, it was it's it's not really a Jekyll and Hyde, but it's, it's definitely a tale of two games offensively. And so there's a lot more that, that teams are going to have to account for in, in Georgia's offense. And I just thought that this was kind of that, you know, that game where Todd Monken could show, hey, you give me a full off season uh, in being able to get these guys ready with, with this playbook and and I can dial up some plays. Now, you can make the argument, you know, why use them week two, but it doesn't matter because now teams have to account for that. And I mean, we're going to talk obviously about the run game and where that's at later in the show. But but now, you know, that aspect of the offense is probably going to get maybe a player or two less in the box just because of what Georgia's shown they can do with a guy like Brock Bowers and Jermaine Burton get behind that that secondary, get behind coverage. You know, I, I look at this game, guys, and during the game, uh, there were I guess there were quite a few people that, that uh, you're friends with from back home, back in South Georgia and everything. They were shooting me texts saying that, you know, Carson Beck, you know, got robbed, that, you know, he should be the starter, that everybody that, that Georgia knows what they've got in Stetson Bennett, and it's not anything long-term. And, you know, I kind of look at that, and everybody wants to talk about big picture. 
everybody's like, well, you got to think about the big picture. You got to get these younger quarterbacks some experience when you've got the opportunity. Yeah, but you want to go even bigger picture than that? It's playing the guy that deserves the play. It's playing the guy that earned it on the practice field during the week. It's playing the guy who who showed not just the coaching staff. He doesn't go out there and work out for just the coaching staff, okay? He goes out there and he throws to receivers and defensive players watch him and offensive linemen watch him and, and running backs watch him. And the message is go out there and earn your opportunity to play. Go out there and practice well and prepare well, and you'll be able to play. Well, if, if Kirby Smart, if they make an exception on that, if they say, well, you know, listen, we've seen Stetson, we've seen enough of them, we want to see Carson Beck, or we want to see Brock Vandegrift, even though they didn't prepare as well as Stetson Bennett did over the course of the week, what does that say to the rest of your football team? I mean, what, what does that say to a guy like, a, I mean, listen, Jordan Davis probably doesn't need to, to see it, to believe it, but what does it say to a Jordan Davis or to another really good football player? Hey, I don't have to go out there and prepare all that well because I'm really good and, I, and they're, they're going to play me. So you want to go even bigger picture than trying to get some young quarterbacks some experience, which, listen, is valuable. And Carson Beck got a ton of it on Saturday, made some mistakes, did some good things. But, you know, I, I'm going back to the Stetson Bennett quarterback controversy and everybody's talk about big picture. Well, you don't get much big picture than meeting your standard as a coaching staff and practicing what you preach, which is playing the guy who earned the right to play and playing the guy who, who prepared the best over the course of the week. And I, you know, I, I think a lot of this talk of, of yeah, well, he went, he lost two games as a starter last year, and he showed that he was limited. Okay, great, he did show that he was limited, but he, I guess, he also showed the Georgia staff this week in practice that he was ready for the, he he was more ready for this opportunity than the other guys were, and that's what matters. And so I, I just think Rusty that, listen. I, Stetson Bennett's not Georgia's long-term future at quarterback. At the very most, he could be Georgia's next year future at quarterback, and he's probably not that. But he got Georgia a big win over UAB, a stress-free win over UAB, and he earned the right to do that. And you don't play the guy who didn't earn it just because you're trying to project for the future. This is 2021, and Georgia had to – that sent a big message to this football team, I think. Yeah, I mean, Georgia fans should be extremely happy that Stetson Bennett is here. Stetson Bennett is a guy that can step in and has full capability of running the entire playbook. I thought Kirby Smart said it best after the game. This guy loves Georgia. Uh, This guy's been through everything. He got demoted to third string, less reps. And when they came to him, uh, what did he say, Thursday, and said, this is your your game, you know, and, and quite frankly, the pulse of our message board and the pulse of social media was like, I hope it's not Stetson Bennett. And in reality, Stetson Bennett was the right answer and it was the right choice for Kirby Smart and his staff. And that kid put on a hell of a performance uh, Saturday in Athens. And booze, man. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Man, and you if, you did, if you did that, you know, if you did that, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe you'd had too much to drink. I, I probably had had too much to drink around that same time. So, but I didn't boo from all the way out in California. But if you did, I mean, what are you doing? Uh, you, that's, what, what, what are you doing? There may have, there may have been some boos, but you also had Samir White being the next guy called out there. So you immediately had the crowd yelling Zeus. Okay. You know, it, so it, it's kind of mixed in there where you, it may sound like where there's some boos, but I really think from from the press box, it really just sounded like they were they were all yelling Zeus right after that. I mean, okay. I don't think. 
I don't think the cheers were as loud as maybe you would have gotten if, you know, all of a sudden Brock Vandergriff's coming out there and you got right. a, a former five star and people think the future is now. But but at the end of the day, I mean, Setson had everyone cheering for him throughout the day, established that Georgia has a if he's a number two quarterback, if JT Daniels is healthy, then they have a, a number two quarterback that they can depend on and a guy who can make all the throws. Will he be able to, to make those throws when there are six five six six defensive linemen coming out of space? We don't know that yet, but right now we know that as far as him running that offense, him knowing how to get you know throw to guys who are open, react quickly, and even though he said he had the jitters that he couldn't get his pregame meal down, he still went out there played as uh, as calm and poised as a quarterback can play. I mean that five for five start, it had the whole press box just shaking their head like you know. They were everyone talked all week about who's going to be the starter. We'll be Carson Beck. We'll be Stetson. And then, I mean, if you're going to if you're going to question Kirby during decisions he's made in the past, then you also have to praise him when it looks like he made the right choice and put the quarterback out there who was the most prepared to get Georgia to an early lead, which was the whole goal and the whole point, and then be able to, again, bring Carson back in get him experience and help the game slow down for him because it's obvious he's not there in that aspect of his development. That's how you do it. You bring him in the game when, you know, he's not under the pressure to try to help Georgia take a lead or stay in the game. He can come in when they have a lead, get some experience out there and then continue to, again, just get more comfortable out there. And I think that's, I mean, People were talking about Stetson Bennett and how he showed he was the number two. I don't. You can't write off Carson Beck because of his first extended playing time in college football. So I just no. think that again, it was valuable for him. But his story isn't written yet. People mentioned, you know, transfer portal. Carson Beck's going to be out the door. I mean, there's a lot of football to be played this season, and he's going to have the whole off season to go back and look at that film and continue to get better. Just like people were talking about Stetson Bennett last year. And, and where he was and then wondering where JT Daniels was early on the season. I mean, it's, it's two games and you should be happy for sets of Bennett. You should feel some comfort knowing that you got that guy who can run the offense. And you also don't need to be worried about Carson Beck. I mean, that was his first time out there playing and now he can go back and work on getting better. I mean, so I, I think, those goals offensively, I mean, they were all achieved. Everything Kirby Smart wanted to see from the quarterback position, I think he saw it, and I think he should be praised for, for who he put out there to start because it's pretty clear that Stetson been to earn that start against UAB. Right, and like I said, man, big picture, it doesn't get any more big picture than playing the quarterback who who prepared the best and 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 showed that he was the one that was ready to play and help you win in front of 90, 100, 115, however many players are out there on that practice field, they got the same message that the quarterback room got, which is we're going to play the best player. We're going to play the guy who prepares the best and practices the best and 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 performs the best. And, you know, Stetson Bennett was ready to help Georgia win against uh, UAB, and maybe Carson Beck wasn't quite as ready. Maybe we saw that play out in real time. Maybe it was a little closer than, than what their stat lines looked like. But ultimately, you're not going to play the younger player – to prepare for the future just because of the future. You've got a you've get, there's more that goes into it than that and and you know sending that message to the team that you know hey listen 
you come out here and you do what you're supposed to do, you're going to play. If you don't, you don't, and that's the way it goes. And I think that speaks to the overall culture of the team. We're going to get into Kirby Smart's comments at today's press conference uh, on the second half, and let's take a break real quick, and then we'll get to those. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, some pretty good injury news, guys, uh, for the tried, most part. I tried to finish a bite, and that break didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> that countdown's there for a reason, Rusty. <laughs> I was about two minutes late getting on here to this thing. Every, you know, Kip had to hit me up and be like, hey, everything good? And it was because I was I was uh, stuffing my face as well. I had to eat something real quick after I got through transcribing. So. We got to get, get longer break. <laughs> All right, good injury news. Okay, Rusty, Rusty didn't hurt his tooth or get indigestion there. I hope not trying to eat that too fast. Uh, but uh, Kirby says that JT Daniels is definitely you know in a better spot now than he was at the beginning of last week. He's in a better spot now than he was on Saturday, and and said on Saturday he was in a better spot than he was earlier this week. So it looks like JT Daniels is progressing. And Rusty, I guess this is the question I want to ask you. If you've got any sort of reasonable concern that, that JT Daniels is going to aggravate this thing, listen, I know what South Carolina did the last time they came to Athens, but do you play him? No. Do you, if there's any sort of reasonable concern that he might re-aggravate this injury? <clears throat> no, because, I mean, this is a different um, – I think Kirby answered that. It's a different roster. It came over in 2019, um, and South Carolina fans know that. I mean, they had some very, very talented guys. There, that, that roster is down right now, and you credit Shane Beamer – for these first two weeks, uh, that was a big win for them because uh, they're looking at trying to get to that six-point, trying to get to that bowl season his first year. So those swing games like East Carolina are huge for them. Yeah, they're trying to get to those extra practices. They're, they're right. wanting those 15 practices at the end of the year. The same way Georgia was the first year. You're sitting there at eight and, you know, what were they, seven and five. That was a huge win against Tech and try to get to that. So uh, that's what they're dealing with right now. But, you know, if you're Georgia's sake, You've already seen Stetson Bennett, what he can do. Um, this guy can beat South Carolina. Defensively, they're going to smother South Carolina. I, I mean, that's just – I'm going to be honest with you now. They're going to bring uh, a, a better athletic roster than UAB on the offensive side, in my opinion, um, to, to come in here and compete with them. But uh, to, to, to say right now the bigger pitcher for Georgia, I would not risk JT Daniels if there's any hesitation in this game. Because let's just say on paper that Georgia – well, they're already a, what, a 30, 31-point favorite in this game, and it'll be even bigger next week when they go on the road to Vanderbilt. So right. you got a little bit of time to get him ready, and there's a bigger picture with this team, uh, bigger goals with this team. But 
Um, you know, this is an important game, not, not downplaying that, but rosters right now comparable. Uh, Georgia is a, is a completely better team in South Carolina. It's deeper. It's faster. Uh, you know, they don't, they, they don't have to have JT Daniels win this game, but JT Daniels is a competitor, and I know he wants to play, so I'm sure he will if he can. But just, uh, decisions like this, you know, start looking long-term and get good. We've talked about this last week, Jake. The only thing you can do for something like this is rest. Right. So you got to rest and get yourself ready. So it would be interesting to see how the week goes and what we hear practice-wise. But, no, I don't play him if there's any uh, slight hesitation in this game. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And and I'll say this, too. South Carolina's got some pretty good dudes up front on defense. I mean, as far as their defensive line goes, that's probably where most of their talent is. Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't really want to, you know, don't don't maybe make, make him face that live fire like that. Now, I do think – I don't think you want to run him back out there for his first action because Georgia should be able to handle Vanderbilt as well, okay? I don't think you want to run him out there for his first action against Arkansas to begin October. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't. I think you can afford to kind of give him another week of rest, and they're going to evaluate that. They're going to learn more about that. If, if he's continually getting better, maybe they put him on a pitch count a little bit. Maybe they do feel like they can get him out there and kind of play him, maybe limited his exposure some, maybe game plan around it a little bit, just to kind of keep him in the groove. Because I do think in the month of October, you're going to want JT Daniels playing. You're going to want JT Daniels playing well because you've got Arkansas, you got Auburn, you got Florida. Okay. And that's Georgia's kind of that's the that's the meat of the schedule there. The Georgia's we're all of a sudden learning that Arkansas is a good football team, and and we're all of a sudden learning that Auburn, you know, is, is playing maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit more like a team in year two of a of a you know head coach than year one because they're doing some things that get some you know get some pretty bad competition, but they're looking pretty decent in the process. And then obviously Florida's a huge rivalry game. Georgia's going to get that after the bye week. Um, you know, I, I, I'm of the opinion that whatever you got to do to get JT Daniels on the field and, and keep him healthy against Arkansas and against Auburn and then kind of have him go through that bye week and get to Florida, I think by the time you get to Florida, if you have any sort of luck at all, you can maybe have this injury completely behind you. Kip, what do you think about the, the whole idea of maybe trying to get through another week or, or, or maybe a week and a half so to speak, without having to, you know, put JT Daniels in in uh, the line of fire there. That's another thing that another the value of what you just saw this past week, you know, with Stetson Bennett, you know, you you don't have a, a shaky performance at quarterback. You have one of the best, you know, outputs from a Georgia quarterback. So you have you have that knowing that you can get to October and, and be fine and. You mentioned the three teams, but then also Kentucky. So you can make the case that the four toughest teams Georgia has left in the schedule are all in October. I mean, those are all top, you know, top forty around their programs. You you want to be as healthy as possible for that stretch. I mean, you know, every week obviously you don't want to have any hiccups, and we South Carolina has shown that you know in the past they've done that. But you know, just kind of looking looking to see how these matchups are. I don't think it really bodes well for them. Um, they, they've, they're young, a lot of penalties, ball security issues, you know, with, with their guy, their ball carriers as well. I think turnovers are going to be a problem in that game. I think penalties are going to be a problem. They're going to bite themselves in the foot a lot. So I just think, you know, Georgia's game plan you don't have to take any chance. You don't have to take any unnecessary chances in this game. You should be able to take care of business. And like I said on the junkyard the other day, I mean, 
coming off that Clemson game, UAB had, I mean, it could have been a hangover game. You know, Georgia could have been reading the press clippings and, and, and saying, hey, we're number two now. We got this thing in the bag. But, you know, and they could have overlooked UAB. They could have come out sloppy. I mean, that was one thing in this game. I mean, we could talk about the things that Georgia didn't do as well as they should have, but it, it was not mental mistakes. They never shot themselves in the foot. And they came out and played and executed and looked to be a really, really focused team. And I mentioned that Nickel State game on the other pod is, is, is something that Kirby Smart can remember coming off that win over North Carolina and, and that being a, a game that kind of uh, reminded them that, you know, they haven't earned anything in the next game. I mean, could you tell that Kirby Smart got these guys ready or that maybe that the senior leadership, the leadership on this team themselves to the Jordan Davis and the Kobe Deans, these guys made sure that they came out there prepared and that the effort level did not take a step back against UAB. I, I think that now with SEC play coming in, I, I think that you've seen the signs that you can depend on these guys to do the same thing this week in practice, be mentally prepared for this game, and then be confident knowing that, I mean, if Stetson Bennett's the guy, he can roll out there and they don't have to – you know, they don't, they don't have to worry about the offense and not having a guy under center who, who can control the playbook and, and make sure to make good decisions because I think, you know, Stetson made about as good decisions as you can make in a football game last week. So, yeah, and, you know, unless there's a matchup that Kirby Smart sees that, you know, worries him a little bit, that if he feels the need to, to, to push JT out there, I, I don't see him on the field unless – he just has a, a great recovery week and, and uh, is pain free because it's just one of those injuries that can really, really linger. If you keep if you put them out there too early, you know, it's kind of like a hamstring. I mean, you got to let this thing heal on its own. So I don't I don't think you put him out there at 60 or 70 percent. It's, it's, it's he's got to be close to being past this injury to get back in the field. And I just don't think there's a reason to do that, uh, you know, given the, the next couple of opponents that Georgia has on deck. Yeah, I agree with that. And and listen, I, like I said, I don't think you want him to go into the month of October super rusty or anything like that. But but I, I do I do think you can limit his exposure in the next few weeks and maximize his chances of maybe being back to a hundred percent. Also, thank you for correcting me. I didn't realize that uh, that October is a five Saturday month. So uh, you know, it's always good to have a five Saturday month when you got the bye week. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I didn't realize Kentucky was was also in there too. That may be the toughest game Georgia plays in October because Kentucky's looking really good. So they they they've actually got some weapons in the passing game that are pretty impressive. But yeah, it's it's going to come down to I think you know obviously they're going to get JT some work. It's good to be able to get him work on the practice field because he's not going to get hit. They're going to be able to evaluate him every day, continue to get him treatment. Kirby Smart said basically the three things you need, rest, recovery, and retreat, and, and treatment to kind of get over this injury. Um, he's going to get that for all of this week, all of next week. We'll see what they do as far as the plan, as far as playing him. Um, but like Rusty said, I think it can't be – you can't really discount the fact that JT is going to be a competitor. He's a competitor, and he's going to want to be on the football field. He's going to want to be out there, and uh, we'll see how good a lobbyist he is, see if he's got a career in – in politics or, uh, or or as a lawyer, see if he can litigate himself out onto the field at some point. Uh, let's talk about a couple more injuries before we let these folks go. And Rusty, Tyke Smith, Darnell Washington, out of their boots, going to do some running this week. Looks like they're close to coming back. Not going to play this week, right? 
no, I'm not going to play this week uh, unless something major, major happens. Um, and let's be honest with you, man. I mean, those two guys are, are still valuable pieces of the puzzle. Uh, incredible depth, uh, experience. Darnell Washington starter, Tyke Smith talked about uh, coming down from West Virginia, uh, playing for Coach Adai, obviously knows what he expects and played a lot of football games. But let's not discount one thing. Brock Bowers and Latavius Brenny have played extremely well. So when you look at the situation there, you look at Brock Bowers, and Brock Bowers may not technically start, but Brock Bowers is going to be heavily involved in the offense because I fully expect when Darnell Washington comes back to see a lot of 12 personnel, a lot of two tight end set. Um, you know, that's a six foot seven, six foot eight guy. Then you can bring Brock Bowers in there. So it cr- creates stress on the defense to try to physically match up with a guy that big and number two, a guy that fast in Brock Bowers. So, uh, Jake, we talked about this and, 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 got to be real careful with a subject like this because it, it writes off somebody uh, if it goes another way. But Latavius Brini, uh, I don't know that he's not going to start for Georgia the way he's playing. And, and, and that's no disrespect to anybody. Now, if he is the starter, I still expect to see Tyke Smith a bunch. Yeah. But I, right now, I haven't seen anything to tell me he's not going to be the starter because that guy has played. He's physical. He's big. He's He was great in coverage. Uh, in Clemson with some bigger guys. So right now he, he and is not taking, only that Rusty Tyke, he's missed a bunch of reps. Like he's, he's missed, missed weeks and reps. weeks and weeks of reps. Weeks and it was weeks. already kind of new to him. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's, you know, I want to be real careful and say this, not, like we're not writing that guy off, but as far, you can't, you know, as far as one of the, one of those two is going to play the majority of the snaps in that situation. So I think Brainy's a guy that uh, has done a really good job. I'd be interested to see, you know, Tyke Smith might not come in and make that initial get right back in there. But we see, and, and with the games they have and the goal of this team, man, when you get to Florida, there's still a lot of season left. So you get through a bye week, you get to Florida, you play the rest of the season. Then most likely, if things go this plan, you get to the SEC championship. And if you, whatever happens there, if you're fortunate enough to get in the playoff, uh, you're hoping for two more games after that. So you got to have a lot of depth. You got to have a lot of guys. And those two guys certainly will be key pieces of puzzle. But I think Brock Bowers and Brandy have played outstanding in the chances they've been given. No doubt. And 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 all of a sudden it tied in. John Fitzpatrick's getting further and further removed from that sprained foot injury. Brock mm-hmm. Bowers is playing really well. You get Darnell Washington back. You may see some 13 personnel in there with the three no tight doubt. ends because of what Brock Bowers brings to you as a wide receiver. You can get three tight ends on the field and function like you're in 12 personnel. And, yep. and maybe set yourself up for some, you know, for some run pass checks at the line of scrimmage. There's a lot of different stuff you could do with that. But, Kip, I, I got something specific I want to go to you with here because you get Tyke Smith back. At the very least, when he's back and he's full strength and you're feeling good about him, listen, he may not overtake Latavius Brini. He may not be ready to do that yet. But I bet you one thing, Will Muschamp, Kirby Smart, Jamal Adai, and uh, Dan Lanning, they're all deviant, they're all breathing a sigh of relief that they've got another defensive back in that secondary. Because listen, up until now, up until getting Tyke Smith back, whenever that happens, it's paper thin, man. It is they are one or two guys away from having to kind of, you know, spray and pray basically, and you know, just hey, somebody go out there and do a job that we've tried to kind of teach you how to do in very short order. Uh, you're 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 very close to having to play a guy that's not ready, and you got to think, Kip, that that those guys are definitely breathing a sigh of relief as as Tyke Smith gets closer to getting healthy. 
Yeah, I mean, as, as, as well as Latavius Brinney's played, uh, but that snap count's going to keep creeping on up there. And, you know, he's putting more mileage, you know, on his tires as well. And I think, you know, Dan Jackson's done, a you know, an admirable job in there. But I, I think toward the, you know, the third and fourth quarter of that UAB game, when they started putting the backups in, you started seeing, you know, at some positions, you know, they, they got some guys, uh, some young talent, but at the safety position, you know, you're still seeing Dan Jackson out there, you know, and the depth at that position, it, it was, that was where it was the most apparent because I'm out there and I'm, I'm seeing, you know, new guys. I'm seeing other, oh, you know, Trezor Marshall's playing a lot, you know, look, look at, uh, you know, Kelly Ringo making a big play. Nylon Green, Kamari Laster's on the field. Small Munden's on the field. Tyman Mitchell's out there. And lo and behold, I mean, it's still kind of the same guys out there at safety for a lot of the second half. And and so that, I mean, you didn't really see a lot of new guys rotating in at the safety position. And then that kind of showed me, you know, there's a chance that these guys might, might wear down, you know, if they don't have any guys rotating. And I, I was impressed by Javon Bullard. He played a lot of snaps out there as well. But but at the same time, it's just you could tell that they could they could use, you know, one or two more guys to kind of step up and that back end of the secondary just to give some guys they could kind of trust some guys that you, you can, you know, depend on to maybe make a big play, you know, in key moments. And so I think that's that's kind of where Tyke Smith really comes in. I mean, he's a guy that obviously just blew up the, the stat sheet last year for, for West Virginia, you know, just a natural playmaker, a guy that flies to the ball. I mean that's that's a whole new wrinkle that that Dan Lanning and, and and as you said Kirby Smart and the coaching staff can can add and and present different looks to opposing offenses. I mean you, you can have them playing at several different positions across the secondary, you know even have them up close to the line of scrimmage as well. Uh, and you know Kirby Smart loves doing that. He loves showing as many looks as possible, playing you know situational football. If there's some teams out there that, that have a lot of pass catchers out there that they think Tyke Smith might be able to to come in and help them in that regard and, and be another guy, whether it's playing the money position, then, then I think he's going to utilize that. So as you guys said, I mean, you, you love the depth. You love that guys are going out there and getting more reps, but you also just love that they're going to get healthy at other positions. As you guys talked about uh, on the other side of the field, I mean, Kyrus Jackson looks more explosive out there in punt returns. It looks like he's close. You know, I think Dominic Blaylock's getting close too. Will it be this week or next week? I don't know. I just think you look at that Arkansas game now that they've kind of shown they're a pretty solid team. That kind of feels like that game where you want to get some of these guys back. If you can get Tyke Eve and get Darnell back, if you get Dominic Blaylock back and, you know, Kyrus Jackson maybe get into that wide receiver rotation, although – Lab McConkey with that that you know the yards after the catch he got to get to AB, you know Karras is going to have to fight for snaps out there as well. So I mean that but that's what you want to see. That means that they're they're getting deeper at a position where everyone's been wondering. You know, do they have guys who could make plays in the passing game? And it looks like you know, they're starting to get some numbers out there, and and that bodes well for that month of October, like we said. We'll talk to Kirby Smart again tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, and hopefully get some clarification on Arian Smith and uh, Quay Walker. Both of those guys kind of got dinged up in the game, and Kirby didn't really comment on them specifically. Did comment on Devontae Wyatt, though, and said that he his reason for not playing did not have to do with an injury. Okay, so you read into that what you will. Uh, it's, it's It sounds like he may uh, be um, in, in some, you know, some getting some tough love right now of some sort, but uh, I also think that there's a very good chance that 
that you're going to see him back on the field in the near future. We'll see how that goes. Uh, listen, we're going to be back with you later this week, maybe with some recruiting news, maybe with some mailbag uh, on Wednesday. We'll talk then. For now, though, listen, go to the YouTube page, subscribe, give us a comment, let us know something, tell us how you feel about the show, but definitely subscribe to the show, check us out. Um, we, uh, we've grown immensely. We love doing this YouTube stuff. We were talking about it the other day. I know for me, I love doing this live show cause I can see the guys and we're all in real time and, and it's a lot of fun. It's something that's definitely grown on me. Hopefully I'll have a background here soon without this big glare behind my head. It looks like I got the moon, uh, behind me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, come see us, come check us out, refer us to friends, talk about it. We, we, we love having you and we'll be back later this week with a couple more shows before Georgia opens its SEC slate against South Carolina. But for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. They're Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell from the same place. Y'all take it easy. I told you imaginary friends are real. This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.